In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Sorry, folks, I've been watching that House of Gucci trailer over and over again, and I just, I'm speaking in an Italian accent like Lady Gaga. Have you guys seen this? It, it, it comes out at Thanksgiving, and it's Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, who looks like he shaved his head bald and he looks like the penguin. And um, I just love when Jared Leto tries to make himself ugly. I love, you know, I, f- I really do feel like good-looking actors shouldn't be able to play bad-looking people. Like, leave that to us bad-looking people. Like, that's ridiculous. It's, like, offensive. It's like when British people are allowed to come over here and play Americans, and then it's like most American parts now go to British people. I feel like most ugly parts go to Jared Leto or, or other good-looking guys. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to see House of Gucci. I'm like Andrea Denver from Winter House. I also kind of sound like um, Count Chocula. Or like, I'm Count Dracula. Hey, House of Gucci. I love Lady Gaga. I really do. Did you guys see her? Um, there was like 300, like seemed like 300 pictures of her. What was it? For like Vogue or W or one of those lady magazines that everybody was freaking out about on uh Tuesday. She really does. I mean, she's, we, we are very lucky to live in an age of Lady Gaga. I love people that make it exciting. You know, you, you in the eighties, you had your Madonnas, your Michael Jacksons. And it's, it's great that this time period has somebody like Lady Gaga, uh, because 
she's doing it's not you know she's making things interesting but she's not doing something so out of left field like that you can't uh understand it you know it's not like she's pushing the boundaries of music it's just she's a really fun personality with an amazing voice and i don't care what anybody says i think a star is born was one of the best films i've ever seen in my life so take that uh you guys um fourth part of the reunion aired tonight and woo-wee Man, I, you know, I've never seen, we'll talk about this all on Friday, which I am so happy to get like a week or two off from talking about Beverly Hills after this, but I am so, like, I've never seen somebody argue their case like Erica to the point where you're like, oh, okay, maybe she didn't know and still completely dislike her at the same time. Like, oh, okay, so maybe you didn't know about the money and you weren't hiding all the money, but you seem just like a really horrible human being. Like, has anybody told you that? Like, the way she was talking to those ladies, I just, I I still will never know to the, I, I, I want to know why they're so scared of her. I feel like it is so weird. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, who are you? Like, all of those ladies on the stage have more money in their bank accounts than you do. Like, what is it? Like, I, 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 it blows my mind. And I do got to say, I thought this was the best reu- best part of the reunion of the four parts. But at the same time, we're just so used to it. And I think we're kind of just dragging ourselves to the finish line of this thing. So I, for one, am just happy that it's over. <laughs> it's me, Lisa Randa. Lisa actually said, you guys, she's like, I'm a good friend tonight. And I almost... My head, like my head exploded and I had to pick up the pieces of my head and put it back together. It was so scary to find all the pieces of my head. Um, also, Vanderpump Rules, I'll be doing a recap of that, uh, I guess, on Tuesday. What? I, I need your help, guys. What am I going to do for the Friday show? Do you want recaps of Vanderpump Rules on Friday? It airs on Tuesday. Winter House only has like four more episodes, so I don't know if that's smart. Um, but send me your ideas. I do want to do... I posted on Instagram a love after lockup thing because that show is just absolute trash, but I still watch it every week and I just I get angry at myself for watching it because but it is at the same time just some amazing characters on there. I just think it's so fake sometimes, but they're real people, but it's just fake plot lines sometimes. And so you sense like you sense the producers are trying to make them act. So it's like watching the worst actors in the world try to like pull off a basic scene like. Hi, honey. What are you making for dinner? That sounds good. It's just weird, you know? Winter House, of course, aired tonight as well. After Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It is so funny to go from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills so serious and then go to <laughs> then go to Winter House where Kyle started crying because he got drunk and lost Amanda in the house. Like, she was in a bathroom and he thought he lost her for good. And he started crying because he was so drunk. And it's like, that's the kind of shit I love, you guys. Oh, my God. Crying and over, like, he's getting so drunk that he thinks she's actually disappeared. That is, that, to me, that's reality right there. That is the, I, they're all just drinking fireball to their heart's content. Austin's being a douchebag. Austin told Lindsay, you guys, that um, she's like, well, Austin, you told me you wanted to date me in 2021. You texted me on New Year's Eve. And he's like, Lindsay, Lindsay, I was, 
what's he's kind of has this light southern accent like he was no i i was i was doing a four night uh i saw fish for four nights in a row at madison square garden i was not in my right head which is exactly how i was at the grateful dead but i don't think i texted anybody saying that i wanted to date them in 2020 you know i i you know i, I mean i did text some people and saying i think i've figured out the secrets of the universe but that's not on the show but i could you know so but Austin is that guy. Like Austin is that guy that that keeps you on the line a little bit. And you gotta, I don't know. It's it's is it I just I don't like I don't like Austin. I don't like Austin. I just don't. I don't. I'm sorry, ladies. Also, uh big news, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian supposedly went out for a second meal. These these kids either are starting to really date. Or they love food. They just can't get enough of food because they're eating every night. And on top of that, Kanye, you guys, shaved his eyebrows. That's in the news. And I love Page Six was like, um, fans are boggled that Kanye, or something like that. And I was, I, I tweeted, I was like, uh, I'm not boggled. This totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm not even surprised when Kanye does weird shit anymore. I'm just like, okay, yeah. Don't As long as you don't make me shave my eyebrows, we're good. Um Remember when Amelia Bedelia, Rena's daughter, uh, dyed her eyebrows or, you know, a couple months ago for that modeling thing? It was so, so stupid. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, you know, Delilah uh, Hamlin, we didn't talk about this yesterday. And I, I, I don't know if I'll bring this up on Friday's episode, but obviously she is going through a very rough time. And she was listing off all of these illnesses that she has had. And she seemed, and she said she, she overdosed on Xanax, didn't even know uh, that that was at a place that she had been overprescribed, I guess. Uh, very scary. And um, uh, I had that. It was just so, you know, I spoke to this week, I spoke to Jackie Siegel. I don't know if you guys remember her. She was uh, in a documentary in 2011 called the queen of Versailles about um, the finishing of one of the biggest residences in the United States with her and her husband. And it was during the uh, market crash of 2008. So it wasn't able to be completed, but her daughter and also Jackie's been on below deck a couple times, flipping out uh, big personality, but um, her daughter died from uh, opioid addiction and they, and they didn't know it was in high school. And she's telling me this tragic story. I can't wait for you guys to hear it because I think it was a really touching interview and also really fun and, and funny as well. But it just, you know, I have no jokes to be. The only thing that kind of upset me was that she said I would call my parents, but they would not drive over here. So she ended up calling her housekeeper because she was scared and crying. And that kind of broke my heart. And I just, I don't know, like you get those feelings. I was, I, I tweeted this tonight is that Lisa Rinna is a legendary housewife. She is one of the most duplicitous housewives we've ever had the pleasure of having on Bravo. But Having said all that, it's probably not that fun. You know, like in real life, Rena, it's probably not that cute, you know? And especially when you have these kind of family emergencies and, and I, I don't know. So it, you always got to be wary of how somebody comes off on TV and then going like, how would that be in real life? Um, and of course, with, with anybody's daughters or child or anything like that, when it comes to drug addiction, especially, you just... Uh, you just never know, man. Like it is, it is not something that I, I, I can make fun of. Um, and I think a couple of people asked why I hadn't, I hadn't mentioned it. And it was just that I just didn't find a lot of, uh, humor in it. Um, uh, I mean, I find humor all day long and making fun of Lisa Rinna. I cannot wait to talk about the bullshit she said at the reunion tonight on the recap on Friday. How are you guys doing? Are you guys, I feel like I haven't talked to you guys and I know I missed an episode, but I always feel this week is insanely busy for me. 
uh, between my busy concert schedule and I'm, I booked a commercial. So I'm going back to work tomorrow on it. And, uh, I'm very excited. I hope it, I hope it goes good. I hope it continues to go good. And, um, so I'm very excited about that, but I feel like I've been doing all of these interviews and I'm stacking up these interviews and I feel like I haven't talked to you. So pretty soon after I get through these interviews, I think I'm going to do some stuff in December where it's just kind of like me and I have some idea. I have some ideas. I'm going to do an all voicemail show. I decided because I have all these voicemails stuck up because I have the Google voice number, which you guys can find in the show description. You can leave any kind of message you want. Um, uh, I think I've only had one bad message so far that said my Sutton imitation was potentially racist. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm, it's like a foghorn leghorn. I'm not, and I, and I was like, oh my God, it came off as racist. Like that, that was the only kind of bizarre message that I didn't completely follow. Everything else is, uh, is pretty exciting. It's pretty fun to actually get voice messages. Um, I think I want to do one of those. Uh, I want to do, uh, I've got a couple ideas anyways. Also in terms of the, uh, the show itself, if you can continue to leave five-star reviews on Apple podcasts, that's amazing. Hate to ask if you want to join up for the Patreon, uh, once again, that would be awesome. I did a Salt Lake recap on Sunday. Uh, me and Baditza Lopez are doing a shoot in the shit episode where we just talk about whatever it is. We feel like we're doing it on Friday. Uh, Patreon member Eleanor Jordan. We are podcasting on Friday as well. Uh, which uh, that'll be up there as well on the Patreon. And I'm excited to talk to her. Um, But there's like weird stuff up on there that you can always get access to if you need more podcasts. But also my back catalog, which I think is like over 250 episodes or something, something crazy. It's all still up there on Apple Podcasts. I've not taken any of those down. So you can kind of hear the evolution or the de-evolution as it were. Uh, But in in terms of the podcast itself, I wanted to, to send two big happy birthdays. One to Sandra, uh, Sandra Freer. She is been booking the show uh, over the last couple of months. And that's why we've had so many amazing guests. And she is just so dang cool. So dang positive. Um, and I, she works out at this uh, horse farm and she's always sending these really cool horse photos and sky photos. And uh, but at the same time, then dealing with all the craziness it is when uh, scheduling Bravo liberties, which is just so but I mean, it has been for us sometimes an uphill battle, but one that's been really fun. I know it's frustrating for her sometimes, but it's really cool to build something, you know, and she, uh, she has done so, uh, so much for me in that sense. And I, I hope she sticks with me because I, I, you know, I, I think we're just beginning in a lot of ways. And I mentioned this last week, um, but I think I mentioned it on the Patreon. My mind kind of, so if I've said this three or four times, Maritza Lopez, you know her very well by now. She makes all the amazing graphics. Her birthday was last week, and she didn't even tell me, and I was pissed off. I wasn't pissed off at her, but she didn't tell me, and she's like, oh. And so now she has a weird gift coming to her, which hopefully we'll get there any day now. But I didn't even know, so now I put it in my calendar because obviously you guys know I'm not the kind of guy that keeps a calendar i put that in quotation marks calendar Uh, (laughs) it is so upsetting how my disorganization has really come i was thinking today i was like what a weird career to like really enjoy that has to like that would really behoove you to be uh, organized whether it be answering dms emails and stuff like that it's just not i'm not great at it like i'm trying to be better i'm not going to say it's not my thing because i'm i have i'm holding out hope for myself do you ever do that where you're like no i'm not going to completely shit over myself i'm going to get better i am getting better i'm not i'm going to pause power of positive thinking 
I'm getting better at it. I want to be very organized. 2022, baby, I'm coming for you. I'm going to use a desk calendar or something. <laughs> um, what else? I think that's it. We're going to get into the interview because uh, I got a very early call time tomorrow. But the cool thing is I'll talk to you on Friday. I'll talk to you on the Patreon. I'll talk to you on Monday again. We're going to be talking for the rest of our lives, folks, which is amazing. Oh, and also... I'm on Cameo. I think I've told that a bunch of times and I got to film uh, a couple um, and <laughs> got to film a couple. And uh, I did one the other day at uh, Sutton's store, which, by the way, it's like I get so nervous because I get, I've gotten like, you know, sh- shit away, you know, like where they tell you to leave. <laughs> I've gotten pushed away there a couple times. And uh, so you have to like hit it at the right moment. But uh I did one where I grabbed the um, Tom Girardi, like one of the pictures I won at auction. And then also the red lingerie. And I took those over to Sutton's store because, you know, I'm a grown man and that's what we do. And um, isn't that just crazy? It is so, I just can't believe I'm, (laughs) I was taking it and I did a whole thing with the lingerie and the picture and, um, uh, I did it for, uh, this lady, Allison. Hi, Allison. If you're listening, I think you listen. Um, <laughs> her daughter, Casey, um, did a cameo and said, Oh, my mom listens to you. And I, it was so cool. And, uh, so I needed to do something special. So I took the lingerie that Tom Girardi bought for who knows, who knows who he bought it for. And I took his picture and I did a whole thing in front of Sutton's store. So if that is of something of interest to you, for the holidays, of course, I would worry about you, but I'm happy to uh, to fulfill your wish. Uh, I think I will be going to Buca de Beppo as well very soon. Um, that's it, folks. Okay, so today's guest um, is Aliza Rosen. And Aliza Rosen is, she used to have a podcast called The Reality of Reality. And it was talking about like behind the scenes people in reality shows. And we talk about that in this, uh, but she's also now, uh, her AYR media group is producing podcasts. And we talk about one called the queen of the con today, but, uh, she did, uh, a a continuation of the story of dirty John as one remember dirty John, that story was amazing, but she is fascinating because she loves the same stuff we do. So we talk a little bit about queen of the con. Of course, we talk about her career. She started off at like, I believe MTV and vh1 and all of those back in the 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 i think the early 2000s it was and uh but we talk a lot about real housewives of beverly hills the reason i'm i'm i pick because i i'm I, like i said i have a backlog and i was gonna do chris medina the psychic today who was awesome as well but this talked a lot about erica and this season and i always love to talk to somebody kind of like us that watches these shows and has a passion for these shows. And if you have not heard before, heard her before, I think you're going to really love her. And I really strongly suggest you uh, check out her new podcast that she's producing. I'm going to put a little clip in uh, the teaser for it, uh, Queen of the Con, and then we'll go right into the interview. Of course, halfway through, you're going to hear some commercials. So I would appreciate if you listen to those or just run around while they play in the background and do whatever you need to do with your life. And, uh, And then Friday, of course, I will see you guys uh, for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. You know, we got to go out with a bang. I don't even know how we, I don't even know how I get a top, I did a thriller takeoff yesterday where it was Rena Ween, and I don't know how I'm going to ever top that. And maybe I don't, maybe I just go small this week. Maybe I go small. Maybe I don't go big. Maybe I go small. Anyways, uh, Aliza Rosen, we're going to talk about her podcast and all of the Bravo universe and pop culture. And she is great. I guarantee you're going to love her. Have the best Thursday ever, you guys. And I will talk to you again on Friday. Bye.
Ready? No. <laughs> My best friend is an Irish heiress. She was royalty from Ireland. She had a huge inheritance coming. We're talking $30 million. But it turns out Mayor Smith is not who she appears to be. She wanted to pursue being a psychic full-time. One of her big clients was Jennifer Aniston. She wanted me to go into the sex toy industry with her. She had multiple men paying her for sex. She would do witchcraft for her clients. Mayor Smith is actually an international con artist who scams me and many others out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And police are hunting for her from Los Angeles to Belfast. She's left a trail of devastation in her wake. I never met a woman that did that to me. Like, I just want to hurt her. Here's four Irish-speaking mobsters standing with automatic assault rifles. It felt like I stepped into, like, a soap opera all of a sudden. I quickly learn the only way to get Mayor Smith is to out-con a con artist. Oh my God, you're breaking me. And my fight for justice takes me right to the brink. This is not normal to be outside her place. Like, I'm worried about you. Look, man, I would rather die than let her get away. Listen to Queen of the Con every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, uh, ladies and gentlemen, today I am so excited to have my next guest. Uh, this is somebody that I look up to in terms of podcasting, but also knows the reality show game backwards and forwards. Uh, her company right now, uh, AYR Media is producing some of the best podcast content out there. Now, her hands have always been in reality, and we'll find out about that. But right now, her company is producing some amazing things that I think you just need to follow immediately. Her most recent one she's producing is called Queen of the Con, the Irish Heirs Heiress, the Irish Heiress, which uh, drops weekly uh, every Thursday on iHeartRadio and all, of course, all major podcasting platforms. Uh, she's part of the iHeartRadio family as well, you guys. I'm with iHeartRadio. So, uh, Lisa Rosen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. As you know, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> this is crazy because I know you as being a huge fan of yours. First, you used to do a podcast called The Reality of Reality. Which I did. I don't like, it feels like you just retired that three months ago. Cause a time means nothing anymore. I know How it was April. It- I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was April. I did a full five years. I kind of ended it on the day I started it five years before. Um, but I did enjoy it. And I had you on, I think for Salt Lake, I was looking back to and remember. That, that's when you decided it was done. You're like, I can't. I was like, I think it's time. I think, I think it's, it's time, time we jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah. We jumped the shark officially. There's obviously no nobody else to talk to. There is nobody no. else to talk to. No. Um, we hit the end of the road. <laughs> so <laughs> explain your career a little bit. And I know it is it is a vast career, but explain it a little bit for the people who don't know you out there. For the people at home. So, so yeah, I mean, it, I, I, to condense what 25 years. And so I know now, I'm but so sorry. It's, it's scary. Um, so yeah, I came from the news background and kind of got into the fun stuff in the early two thousands, just as kind of like reality or unscripted was taking off. And I sort of worked on the network side with MTV and VH one. And, and then I ended up. Yeah. So wow. like if people remember the sort of behind the music era, I didn't work on that show, 
but that was my era. That was and, a great uh, era. It was a great era. And I got to do so many fun things. I mean, I was young and single and just like traveled the country interviewing Sting and R.E.M. and J.Lo and Santana. I mean, you name I held Paul McCartney's hand, for God's sakes. Is it so true you was, dated Nelly? Is that true at all? I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just some parts we're going to have to keep to ourselves. But I, I will emphasize I held Paul McCartney's hand. So that, okay, that okay, okay, okay. Still haven't watched it. I read it. what you're, yeah. Still haven't watched it. So, um, so that was a really fun time. And then I kind of got, um, when Unscripted really took off, I ended up on a whim, which is a crazy story, moving to Philadelphia and ended up running a company there for uh, eight years. And that's where I kind of settled in. You know, I would be in New York and LA all the time for business, but I was able to kind of like cultivate a life there. And then about six years ago, I said, you know, it's time. I got to move to LA. I got to like I only have, you know, how many years do I have left? Right. It's the end. So what? I got to really, are you, I don't even hear that. You don't even have like, very I good mean, work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Thank you. I love you. So anyway, came out here six years ago. I had already kind of started in this sort of true crime vein with a couple shows that I had done before, but within a few months of moving to LA, I was able to get with some amazing people and create and sell the case of John Benet Ramsey for CBS, which tried to kind of cemented me in this true crime genre. And then I sort of capitalized on that. And in what you talked about with this sort of podcast, um, I started my own company about a year and a half ago called AYR Media and sort of happened by accident. But what ended up happening is that sort of all the relationships that I had made doing a lot of the true crime stuff, I morphed those into podcasts. So premium podcasts for Audible, iHeart, other outlets that sort of the design of them is to tell these amazing stories in this documentary premium way, but then create that IP or in what we call intellectual property that then can be adapted into scripted and unscripted. And that's what we're working on now. See, I love that. I love, see, this to me is like, I geek out on this stuff is that, you know, podcasting is such a great art form and it also can like expand out of that is that there are so many stories I have been, have been brought to my attention because of podcasting that you're like, Ooh, now I want to see this in documentary form. I want to see this. And some people are purists. They're like, no, it's just meant for podcasting. It's just meant for podcasting. But I'm like, no, it can all be married into one. This can all be one gigantic family. We want that. What do you love? about uh, reality shows one and podcasting two. Okay. So reality shows, I, first of all, I love seeing other people living way worse lives than me. And especially when they're even like the rich really, ones, I'm even, just saying, even ones, when yeah. they're really rich and gorgeous, even better. <laughs> I just love it. I love yeah, a train wreck. Yeah. And, um, and I found out recently, like I really love dark shit across the board, which is why I think I love true crime. And I think so much of reality can be dark. I like happy stuff too, but, um, so, and I look when it comes to reality and podcast, I love a great story. I think that's very cliche to say as a producer, like we're storytellers, but we really are like, that's what ultimately I love to do, whether it's TV, you know, I did a film as well. And, and now podcasts, it's really just, how are you telling the story? Is it going to be something that's going to grab people? And then using all of like for podcasts, as you know, it's a totally non-visual medium. So you're going from, you can get away with so much more in TV. I mean, you know, you can be yeah. like doing your laundry and cooking while you're watching, although you're not, you're watching like four times over, but the average, <laughs> you're like, I know I the know. average, <laughs> the average viewer can kind of multitask while they're watching, a, you know, any said housewives episode, but all you have are your little earbuds when you're listening to a podcast. And especially when you're trying to tell like a very layered story, which is what most of mine are, you really have to, 
get the design right, the pacing right, the interviews. I mean, I go nuts and I know you're the same way about audio. Like it's an audio medium. If you have crappy sound, go away. Especially with well, people that when we could get into a whole sidebar conversation. Well, I know, but it's this is a great, I mean, but this is why I geek out just talking to you because this is these are great conversations to have because my sound was off the last two episodes and I was so frustrated because you sometimes don't even realize until after the audio is processing and you're trying to fix things or how did my settings get changed without me knowing it. There's all these little things that people don't know what get into it. And all you hear from people are like, stop smacking your lips. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> You're a disgusting man. Like today, I was like, your imitations suck. No, Please don't. Like they no, they're wrong. Like, I'm here to tell you this with. Yeah. Do they do this oh, with like people are so mean? Yeah. And also like, fuck off. You're listening to it. So obviously you like it. Don't go go listen to something else. Yeah. But I just want to tell everybody who's very wrong. Your imitations are hilarious. I am busy. I don't have a total a lot of time to listen, but I never miss a Friday recap of your Beverly Hills. It's See, that that ever. blows my mind because I would think you would hate it because you are to me in the upper echelon of you're a producer. You you these all these serious stories, you really help put them out there. So it's shocked. It, it was actually <laughs> so flattering to me. I really took that in and was kind of like, am I getting punked? Like it was, it was very, it was no, no, no really. Hello. Humor is my first thing. First of all, I've been Howard Stern fan for way literally 40 years at this point. I think I I I love humor is my number one. I mean, I got into podcasts because of Mark Maron's podcast. So I'm actually doing a comedy podcast right now. People think that I'm totally macabre. I actually am doing uh, JB Smoove is hosting it. It's coming out on Audible oh next year. So funny. How do you and keep him to a script though? I, that'll be interesting. I'm recording with him in a few weeks and I cannot wait to see what he does with it because I can't imagine he's going to stick to it. And it's so script intensive. So it'll be interesting. And he's so good. Like I love Curb, which just came back. I don't know. Oh if you're my watching. gosh. I, I watched that a second. I watched the first episode a second time because I was like, do I, did I, did I like this the first time through? Cause I was, I, I, you know, we personalize these things so much and they're like a family to us that I'm like, do, did I like this or not? And then I watched it back the second time and I was like, wow, I really like this. I did. I didn't I, think so at first. And then I really loved it the second time. Well, and I always go into it like it's going to suck. He's been yeah. doing this too long. And I'm like, God damn it. I mean, Susie yes. just has to show up. She didn't have to say anything and I'm dead. Same with JB. Like, I just I die. I love the show so much. Well, you kind of do no wrong. There's a thing with podcasting, too. And I, I consider myself one of the is that is that you have to catch up to the pace or you it takes a while. It, does, it takes a second to get used to a personality or a voice. And then once you do, and I think podcasting really champions a lot of people like us that you can. Um, it, it does become this weird family like where, you know, you're hearing all this information, but you're also hearing for the person. You're also kind of like, OK, well, I root for this person. Don't know if and you can. Uh, be very personal with them of like, oh, I'll disagree with Howard Stern if I listen to him. And I'd be like, how dare you? And I've been listening for so long, but I will take it like he's like family to me and be like, I'm really disappointed in you. Uh, yeah, I can't believe I don't know him. I actually do know Beth, but I don't like, I feel like I yeah. know him. It's, yeah. You're so right. It's um, crazy. But, but back to your imitations for a second. They are so funny. But the thing that you don't realize because you're too busy to actually like go back and really listen to, you are so quick. You are so funny. Like I'll literally, it's sort of like the after stuff, like after the imitation, you'll say something and I just die. Like you, you need to, when you, when you retire, go back and listen to your recaps because they're brilliant. When they're I was so funny. <laughs> when I, I reti- Can you imagine the saddest day ever when I'm just <laughs> retiring in a, uh, in a, some kind of patchwork quilt on a, yeah, just listening, like just tears streaming down my face. <laughs> 
Um, so it was so good. So AYR <laughs> Media, though, you started off with these really not intense, but these are, I mean, they are stories yeah. like, you know, the John Meehan thing, which of course is Dirty John, the continuation of that story. Or, I mean, and this to me was fascinating, the Casey Kasem um, story, which if people don't know, can you explain a little bit about what happened after he died? Yeah. So these, this is one of those stories where it's like, yeah, I remember hearing something, but you don't really know. So, so in a nutshell, in 2014, uh, Casey Kasem died. And he, for those of you under 40 or whatever age, you know, knows him. And now he's this of, is dedication. This is Casey Kasem with American Top 40. He, I used very, to try to imitate him all yeah, the time as a that's kid. That's actually yeah. good. That's yeah. really good. So, and then for younger generations, he was actually Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. So uh, a lot of people don't know that. So anyway, he was iconic. I mean, he was yeah. a broadcasting legend. We grew up with Top 40 and he sort of had this what people perceive to be this really fancy, beautiful sort of celebrity Hollywood life. But people didn't know is that he married a crazy woman named Jean who basically had designs on him probably for his money, but who knows? And, and drew a wedge in between him and his first three children from his first marriage. And that happened over time while he was still, you know, with the program. And then when he started to, he got what's called Louis body's dementia or Louis body's disease, which is sort of a form of Parkinson's. Which was what Robin Williams had, I believe. Exactly. Well. Yeah. It's a horrible disease. So she took full advantage of it and sort of, you know, there's a lot of parallels in my shows actually between Queen of the Con and the First Wife, which as you said, is a Dirty John story, which are these, what I'll armchair diagnosis psychopaths that use a lot of the same methods to isolate you, to groom you and all of that. And so she did that and she cut off his family, wouldn't let them see her. And it became this, it's called bitter blood case versus case only on audible because it became a, uh, a horrible battle um, really for his kids to be able to see him. And then after he died, it became an insane story of, trying to keep his body in one place. I mean, in, in the last six weeks of his life or this harrowing journey that is really stranger than fiction. And I don't want to spoil it in the sense that you really have to listen to it because people just are floored when they hear this poor man and what he went through. And luckily Carrie, who's his oldest daughter, who's my partner and sort of takes us through the journey. She's been able to turn it into something good and get laws changed for elder abuse and visitation yeah. in like 30 States across the country. So it has been sort of a vehicle for good, but man, it is a crazy, just horrendous story. I was all so, about guardianship, like Brittany, because yeah, I know wait, you're interested in that. Uh, very yeah. much so. And uh, I mean, I was so interested just because he does hold a special place in my heart of like a hero. When you're a kid, these radio voices, which is so I, you know, I'm so blessed to be able to do podcasting because this, this man was a hero of mine. In fact, I know Carrie case. I'm just a hair just because oh. my ex was on a reality show, an ESPN reality show with Carrie Kasem way back in the day called beg, borrow and deal or something. And she was in there with my ex, uh, Anne Marie, and I met her once or twice, but she was awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's Casey Kasem's daughter. Um, also oh, yeah. audible, you guys, where that is on. I want to say Dave Holmes's podcast is on audible right now too, uh, exclusively all 10 episodes waiting for impact, which is also amazing. They really do produce quality content or get quality content on there. So it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so speak of queen of the con a little bit in how was this story brought to you? How did you, what, what initially attracted you to this story? So this story, it's, it's a long kind of boring story, but 
We Perfect. tried to develop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll try to make it not boring. <laughs> you know, it's 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 very actually, since you geek out on this stuff, it's very indicative of our business, quite frankly. I couldn't get arrested with the story three years ago. We we had most of the story, not all of it, because it had to kind of play out, but we still we kind of shopped it around. Um, you know, in fairness, maybe we didn't do the best job shopping it, but anyway, it didn't sell as TV. Uh, cut to, um, you know, I start to get into the podcast game. I went back to Jonathan, Jonathan Walton, who is the host and producer of the podcast. And this kind of was all generated by him. And I said, we need to do your, like, I have this relationship now with these various outlets and I'm starting to do podcasts. Let's do Queen of the Kinds of Podcasts. He was ready to go. I mean, we, you know, he's amazing. So basically now that we've done the podcast, I mean, I, I, I've had probably in the last two weeks, like 12 meetings, no, no joke between unscripted and scripted adaptations, because sometimes you just have to create, you know, that IP to get people excited and to hear how good it is to prove your concept. Right. What attracted to me about the story, a few things, a, you know, I love dark shit. Number two, and I love a con artist story. However, this was so different because I had only sort of known male con artists, right? So it's like very rare that you get a woman in there, let alone a creative con artist. I mean, usually they play the same game, the same playbook. And it's yeah, kind of yeah. like over and over. Not Marianne Smith. She's the most creative con artist I've ever encountered. And so you know, it was kind of funny. I mean, take away the, you know, stealing people's money and souls. It was sort of funny. <laughs> still and, really nice. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of go with that. You see, like the tone is kind of, it's like a romp in a way and sort of yeah. catch me if you can, because we wanted for it to be sort of fun, true crime to get people engaged. And then we, you know, we do have these very sort of dark and depressing moments. You can't avoid when you're talking about like some of the stuff with her daughters, daughters, really dark. But at any rate, I, I thought, you know, ultimately everything I do, you know, has to have some redemptive value. Like I can't, you know, pure entertainment is sort of like, I've done that in my career and it's great. But now it's like, why am I telling this story? Why do I care about this? And for me, again, very similar with Bitter Blood and The First Wife. It's like, these are cautionary tales. And if you think, how could Jonathan have been so stupid? How could this, how could Deborah Newell, how could Tanya Bell, how could all these women be so dumb? Guess what? You're the same. None of us are any better. It's that the psychopath is that good. Well, you know, yeah, I was I always think about this in terms of reality shows because of what we've been presented, even just in Bravo this year, is that most people <laughs> um uh don't lie. I mean, or I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like most people, so you're you're encountering people that have uh that are just lying to your face. And the the thing usually, not me, I don't do this anymore, but people usually believe what people say. It's a horrible trait that hum humanity it, has. But even, I mean, just to bring it full circle, if we want to start getting into it, but um, my husband is a is a class action lawyer. So he know he did one case with Tom Girardi years ago, but he knows Tom Girardi, as you know, legendary lawyer. Giant. I mean, there's yeah, there's not many. Many. Like lawyers are not generally famous or known, obviously, Aaron Brockovich, by the way, also had a fantastic, I mean, not within, obviously, now we know the close people that actually worked with him, but sort of in the bigger picture, you know, a really good reputation. And so when this came out like two years ago, I remember, you know, when the first time we heard about it, I said something to my husband and he goes, oh, I highly doubt that. My husband who's like, you know, yeah, a suspicious yeah, yeah. person for a living who sues people for a living is like, oh, no, I don't think Tom Girardi would, would, would do anything. You don't steal clients money. So, you know, people and I, I think, Tom, you know, allegedly, I think Tom Girardi <laughs> is a psychopath. I do. And I think he fits the playbook of all of these people so well. The charm, you know, the grooming, the the uh, the ability to 
you know, kind of manipulate and lie and connive in this apparent lack of zero empathy or conscience. He really checks those, those marks. And so when you look at someone like him, you know, up until it all really came out and even apparently still with a lot of these women, no one wants to believe that someone could be so cruel, but there are people like that. So let's warn people about these people, right? Yeah, let me let me read the description. And by the way, I'm going to put the preview trailer in here so you guys can hear a little bit of it because it's really exciting. But here is the description that was given to me. Jonathan Walton's world was shattered when he discovered his best friend and closest confidant was not the Irish heiress she claimed to be. In reality, she was a pathological liar on the run using a sophisticated web of lies and identities to scam hundreds of thousands of dollars from her victims. And he was next. In this new eight-part series, Walton recounts the investigation that exposed her cons to the world and that led him to discover 45 other victims, featuring firsthand accounts from several of Mare's prey, as well as her estranged daughter, childhood friends, neighbors, and more. Queen of the con, the Irish heiress unveils shocking new information and the skilled operative, and it even involves Jennifer Aniston at one point. So, uh, Ooh, what a, what my a new thing is if Jen, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, I want you to play <laughs> Mare in the scripted version. I mean, how great would that be? What a juicy role for Jen. But it's, I mean, that really is, uh, I mean, that's, that is a great, uh, that kind of draws you in right there. I mean, this is something, and I was talking to, um, Robbie Achadri today, you know, uh, from serial oh, yeah, and, of course. And disclosed. And I was talking about the proliferation where the shows that we love as our guilty pleasures, like Bravo, like every, you know, it's like the true crime and the Bravo, it's all in the same DNA. Everybody would think it'd be so far apart and that's trash and this is serious, but no, it's like they're coming closer and closer together and the proliferate. I mean, it's very interesting where we were when serial first came out and this kind of mystery to where we are now, where we're uncovering all of these mysteries and scams and these stories, but also then it's coming over to Bravo and it blows your mind because um, people are like, well, yeah, you got to like one or the other. It's like, no, we like all of it. We like all. Of it. It's so scary, though, too, that this is yeah. pop culture now goes into real life. So in 2016, if you go on my website, AYR-media.com in 2016, I did exactly what you're talking about. I did something called the Real Housewives of Manitowoc County. You remember <laughs> making a murderer? Yeah. So we did. You have to see it. So we did all the housewives tropes merged with making a murderer, like exactly what you're saying. And it was kind of like, cause it I mean, came that's ahead my... of its time because now Thank you. it would be dead on, you know, yeah, I mean, now, now it wouldn't be, now it wouldn't be, be satire back then... watching it. Exactly. Well, that's what I wanted to pitch you something real quick. This, I would love to, maybe we can make this show together. Okay. Don't picture this. It's snowing in Pasadena. It involves <laughs> conservatorship. Potentially it involves a pop star with horrible music. It involves uh, other, uh, there's a, somebody from lifetime movies that he has huge jacked lips. Uh, I mean, but by the way, I mean, this would never happen. No, we see it's too crazy. It's too <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, well, I where mean, are you getting these crazy themes from? I'm sorry. But, would you ever consider doing this as a show, the Erica Jane story? I'm not joking. I mean, it's it's John Meehan in a way. I mean, it would be Tom Girardi focused, but you know, you're not the first stuff person has, to mention it. I, I mean, but I'm I the think... first person that's done it on a podcast, and I'm going to have <laughs> rights to this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't. I know this sounds weird considering it should be right in my sweet spot. I don't really have. I find her. I find them to be such despicable people, and there's no winners. You know, I feel. Like we saw the victims in Housewife and the Hustler. It was very poignant. I just, it feels very unsavory to me in a way that I just really have no interest 
and even touching it, honestly. I mean, yeah. you have the, the underwear, you're, 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 you have sort of your, I've touched, room. I've touched all of it. You've yeah, touched, I've, I've literally yeah. touched all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave it with you. If you want to make it, I'll try to sell it for you. How's that? Um, no, that's great. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> okay. but uh, it is one of those things though. You, you bring up this point of, uh, it's almost too tawdry. It's almost too disgusting in a way. And it almost is one of those things when our guilty pleasures, the light, the light gets shined on them and it almost cannot hold the weight of what is actually being alleged because you're like, I used to just like when they were like lying and maybe a little bit of alcoholism and stealing from each other. Like you stole my goddamn house kind of. And now it's like, whoa, whoa, you stole from orphans and widows. And that's a part of this. And we've been celebrating her for her money spending for the last six years. It gets too intense. Well, yeah. And even Jen Shaw, I was looking on Twitter, I don't know, today or yesterday and someone posted, so, you know, like, can we just all agree that like Jen Shaw is amazing TV and like she, we couldn't, and I'm like, I don't need, but to there's no to recognition, but, but she is good TV, but it wasn't even that. Sorry. It was like, she's amazing. She's amazing. And my thing is like, she's, she's amazing. Like she's a horrible, I mean, allegedly she's a horrible <laughs> person. Horrible, like no, worse I mean, than Erica Jane. I'm sorry. I was asked. Uh, oh, I was it makes asked, me so uh, mad. No, I was asked by a couple of people in the last couple of weeks to, you know, would I would I do an interview with Jen Shaw or would I or would I want an interview with Erica Jane? And I said, uh, no, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't. I try to make this a positive experience for myself and and whoever it is, and I just I couldn't do it. Like I, I couldn't do it knowing what I do know about both of these cases. Because it's like, I, I I don't know. And that's maybe some kind of weird Catholic uh, guilt Midwestern thing that I have in me. But like, there's nothing like you, you, these shows work when you can laugh at them and with them. And when you know that, like, I still try to laugh at them, definitely. But it, it gets weird when you see the PR campaign that is like, you know, Erica Jane is, is, you know, wielding or even, you know, people don't really realize it. You know, she's fought to keep you know, the orphans and widows, she's like, yeah, they, you know, I want to make them whole, but like, she's fought to keep whatever money, like she's fought to be the first one that gets paid out of any money that Tom Girardi has. People don't realize how much she's litigated to, I don't know, you know, it just, it just kind of turns my stomach. So I can't look at it in a funny way anymore of like, yeah, Erica Jane, I want your redemption arc. No, I know. I I don't know if you, uh, way back, you mentioned my podcast. I interviewed Erica Jane Erica Jane. And um, I, so I had Amy Phillips, our friend, oh, um, I love Amy. do a, I'll send it to you after we're done, like a recording uh, as Erica to surprise her with at the beginning. I was like, Erica, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Uh-oh. I don't remember, know if Uh-oh. you remember that you called me last night and I played the thing and it was hilarious. Amy, and yeah. she knew it was Amy. Hilarious. Like, Eliza, this better go well tomorrow. <laughs> you know, doing, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm like trying not to just like break out. And she's sitting there like looking at me. She's like, that's hilarious or whatever she said. But she has no, I mean, other than her actual crimes or crimes, accessory to crimes or just being clueless or whatever. She had no sense of humor. I was like, girl, lighten the fuck up. But I having said that, we did have a nice interview. We did. No, I, I'm saying I'm sure she has been <laughs> insanely charming at times. Like I personally, yes. she was never my favorite on the show, but I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, and also like, and I, I can differentiate between her and Lisa Rinna. I also think Lisa Rinna is a horrible person, but I'm not calling for Lisa Rinna to get oh, off the show. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying Wait, that she Ryan, needs to get off the show. I am so happy that we're finally talking because I don't know if other people have said this to you, but when you do Lisa and you talk about Lisa, when I say you channel 
my rage and disgust with Lee. And I interviewed her too, by the way. Um, she, but she wasn't that bad. Did you back interview then. me? <laughs> she did not bring me Harry's bolognese, but yeah. she was okay. She remember she wasn't she wasn't the same back then. She has no. I don't know she's escalating. What has? Oh my god. Well, she's it's unbearable. The, I think she's it's unbearable. the fandom. What I think ah! we do. I think we do is I think we uh, encourage them. We, we gas them up so much that they start becoming a character of themselves. They start 100%. increasing each season. It's like, it's like an actor. Um, it's like an improv actor that doesn't know how to bring it back for TV <laughs> or film. So they keep pushing so hard. So each season by the end, it's just going to be a facsimile of what you saw that first season to the thousandth degree where they're not even tethered to the earth anymore. And I think with Lisa, you know, she's, I think sometimes people then don't they're not in on the joke anymore that they 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 almost think that they are this kind of celebrity up on the I'm I'm just as big as Harry Styles. I'm just as big as Florence Pugh. I'm just as big when it's like, you know, the reason why she's celebrated is because we sometimes laugh at her. I don't not there's only very <laughs> few ladies in these that I think are it's inspirational for other ladies. Uh, she's you know, not inspirational. But here's my question. Why is she ride or die for Erica? Like, if we know nothing about Lisa, it's that she will throw a friend, a friend, a long-term friend, Denise Garcelle, under the yeah. bus in a heartbeat. What is she getting? I mean, Tom's one foot in the grave and, and you know, has no money. Erica's basically irrelevant at this point. Like, what is the what does she have on Rinna? Because it can't be as a friend. She's not a real friend. I and in our new like. ten in our new ten part documentary, we're gonna find that out, right? <laughs> right. No, we um, do need to. I do. I mean, what is one of those things? Because if you go back, and I was watching some of the last season with Denise on an airplane recently, and, mm. and she really did. She gave her the full court press in questioning in uh, not believing her friend. And, and by the way, I'm not saying Denise was an amazing housewife. I'm not saying Denise uh, didn't do that, but I'm saying the amount she pressed her on something that had nothing to do with her, but then let's Erica Jane skate is fascinating to me because she did not have a relationship with Erica Jane before this show. So there's gotta be something there and it can be just as simple of, I like her better. You know, I like, no. but, but I'm no. saying it could be, but I just don't, it doesn't make sense. And I don't want to jump to the conclusion of, well, there's money involved. There's uh, you know, a business manager involved, which I know they do share a similar business manager, but it also is just so weird to me is, is she doing it to create a storyline since she has none? What is it? Because if you look at what Lisa Rinna, what inspires her and motivates her, it's celebrity. It's, it's um, it's the spotlight. Hey. It's the, and she, to me is very vaudevillian in the sense of <laughs> always be working. Oh, don't say no to nothing. I'm yeah. going to do, I'm going to slap some depends on my ass and make some <laughs> totally. money, you know? She said to me in our interview, she said, if you're not on TV, you're not relevant. So exactly. that's, that's the thing. She you lived, get that vibe from her too. Right. So you would think, like you said, you would think, but her being Erica's supporter, I guess we're talking about it. So maybe she's more brilliant than we think, which is that made her, because she doesn't have a storyline. You're absolutely right. But would you want to be, and I, I've started thinking about this more because somebody, I don't know if you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, um, but I still, and we have the the, the Jen and Dewey storyline, the new cast member, oh, and they hey. brought polygamy. They brought Okay, you guys, we will be back to the pop culture roundup in just one second, but we got to keep the lights on here. We got to read some advertisements, which I appreciate if you listen to uh, all three of these today, because... Uh, I'm just always ecstatic when uh, anybody advertises on the show, but I love these brands. I love these brands also because they have given me product to try out, and I actually have 
uh, tried all of these. And uh, our first one is Raycon. And you know I'm into music. I've gone to literally 8 billion concerts in the last two weeks. And uh, I got to say, Raycon, I'm bringing with me to every concert. Uh, They are just amazing. They can get you amped. You can listen to your podcasts. You can listen to your Grateful Dead, your John Mayer. You can listen to my podcast on Raycons. And I got to tell you, as we lead up to the holiday season, it's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays, especially because today you can save big on a gift your family and friends will use every day. That's Raycon wireless earbuds. Um, I use these every day. They look sleek. They really do look, and they are so inexpensive for the quality that these things are. I, I did use them on the vacation with my parents. I am now using them on the daily. I have not lost them yet, which was is, is amazing. I'm very proud of myself for that. Uh, with seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise isolating fit you can start listening right away and you can keep listening for hours the audio quality is amazing and you guys i am an audiophile i'm one of those snobs and it sounds amazing comparable to what you get from other premium brands except raycon starts at half the price like i said pricing really does matter especially when you're broke like me uh the new everyday earbuds come with three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass you got pure mode which is for podcast listening blues instrumental i consider my podcast blues and instrumental uh you have balanced mode uh podcast listening as well rock heavy rock metal and you got bass mode hip-hop edm reggae Raycon offers eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. That's huge. There's also a built-in mic, and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. So this holiday season, get them something they can use for calls, for music, for work, for play, at home, or on the go. Or, get this, pick up a pair for yourself. You have earned it. Give yourself a gift. Trust me, you are going to use them every day. Now, go to buyraycon.com slash so bad today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available for a limited time only and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash so bad to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash so bad. Ah, I love that. Uh, Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Our next one is Simply Safe. Now, they've been with us uh, multiple times. If you have ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This is a product that is specifically built for the day and age that we are in now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving so bad it's good listeners. 40% off their award-winning home security. I thought I misread that, but it's true, 40% off. We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Like I said earlier, we set one up in our backyard because I'm in this house which has like three houses attached to it. And uh, I said this horrible story that, that our neighbor... Somebody, uh, somebody broke into the back house and if she had had simply safe, this wouldn't have happened. So that is set up in the backyard now. And of course I set up the indoor one, uh, to catch my roommate because I know he goes through my crap in my room. So I have set that up to catch him. Uh, Josh, I will catch you. You are not safe because Simply Safe is on the case. Uh, Simply Safe has been named best home security system of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. You can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. There are no long term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more safe and to have a bit more peace of mind. Like I said, we need that in today's day and age more than ever. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday sale and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash so bad. Again, that's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash so bad for 40% off your entire system. But hurry, this offer ends very soon. And you guys, our final commercial today is our favorite, uh, Osea, which is uh, just an amazing, amazing skincare company. They have been with us many times, and this is the company that I love the most. Is Not only they have an amazing product, but they care enough of their product that they actually walked me through it. They actually did an onboarding call with me and walked me through what this product means to them, what you should expect. And I got to say, it's amazing. And I will tell you, it's funny, the more people I meet, the more people actually know about this product and use it on a daily basis. And that is incredible. In fact, I just ordered more myself. I'm not kidding. I just ordered more of Osea the other day. Um, It is really cool. I have been glad to add this. And I don't even want to say add this. I'm glad to make this part of my skincare um, skincare lineup. I don't have a skincare lineup until now. So thank you to Osea. I'm just naturally beautiful, but as I get older, I'm realizing that is not going to be the case forever. And that is why this product has really come in handy for me. So Osea has been making products that are clean, vegan, and safe for your skin and the planet for over 25 years. When it comes to clean beauty, Osea is the pioneer. They have award-winning skincare, body scrubs, wellness products, and body treatments. Their Andaria Algae Body Oil has been a celebrity favorite for years. 
They have a ton of great gift set options at different price points, and they all look and feel super luxurious. And you guys, as the holiday season comes, these are the things that kind of make amazing gifts. So I'm really excited that they advertise with us over the holidays, because if you're looking for something to get uh, any of your family or friends, I think this is amazing. Uh, These things don't even need to be wrapped because the glass packaging is so beautiful on its own, and it is more sustainable than plastic. These are sturdy bottles. They really are a very sleek-looking product. Um, So only share the best with your friends and family. Osea is the perfect gift for anyone. Um, The Andaria Algae Body Oil, it feels... Uh, I've said this before, and I got made fun of, by the way, by my friend, but it is. It makes me feel luxurious. It feels rich, not greasy. Um, It's not sticky. It absorbs into the skin. Uh, And I got to say, when the winter comes, it starts getting colder. Your skin starts getting drier, um, and this actually moisturizes, and it leaves my skin a lot softer and smoother than it was before. Uh, All Osea products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, and it's created with sustainably sourced seaweed and made in California, so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. This holiday season, stock up and share your new favorite clean skin care and body care with your friends and family. We even have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code SOGOOD at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. You're going to get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Gifting is always easier if you start early, so head to oseamalibu.com and use code SOGOOD. And now back to the show. Polygamy into it where he's like, why not, why not we just get a sister wife? And, and you know, people are saying, well, that's a fake storyline. And I'm just like, what would possess you? But what would possess you to be like, you know what? I want fame that badly that I'm going to put out the fact that our strong marriage, I want another woman in it and polygamy. Like to me, that blows my mind. Do you want to be famous or infamous? Like, do you what and it just shocks my mind that that anybody would ever do that just to be on TV? I know, but but I mean Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. They pick people who are delusional. They pick people who will say things like this. I mean, you would think that, right, as soon as they cut the cameras, they would just burst out laughing. Like, I can't believe you said that. But I would almost be, I would hope so. But at the same time, no, I don't think they do. (laughs) Even then, I like how sick is that? Moralistically, you have kids that will eventually watch this show. And it's like, oh, remember when dad said he wanted another (laughs) chick and he wanted to get her pregnant instead of mom because mom didn't want it? Like, to me, that. But if it is real, I mean, that actually holds its own weight. Like of like, oh my God, why would you ever want this on TV if it's real or if it's not real? None of it makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's real, if that whole storyline is real or fake, but like what's not fake is that she's had all of those miscarriages. She doesn't want another kid. So for him to even go along with that is so vile. Like, I just have to think that they're the lily pad that she came on to divorce him because if there's any other explanation, then that's really, really dark. Well, I mean, that that is so true. You bring up about like she did bring up these very real things of having all of these miscarriages. They did have a baby that did not survive birth. These are very real things that I was actually very touched by. I I recap this on the Patreon, you guys. And I was talking about how touched I was. But then you bring the sister wife thing into it. And I'm like, it's like that needle scratch with a DJ. Like what? (laughs) Like I was totally with you until the sister wife thing. And then I'm like, why? But you know how the sausage is made most of the time. Like where, where, 
why would the, why would this even happen? How does a show like this, in your opinion, get put together? What what what's your guess on what this is? Listen, oh my dog. Is that Eric? Is that is that <laughs> Serena? Who is that? It's Tiago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Tiago. <laughs> now I get to see you holding your nose. Yeah, like see that's a, people don't realize Great. this is how I do it. Here's the thing, my I've never actually produced a real housewife show. I've produced docu-series, but you know, this particular brand of housewife and yeah, I think Dave Quinn, who's promoting his book is, is also saying this. I have this on good authority from my stepson, who's now working in Orange County. These shows are not scripted. They sit down. I mean, it, you know, I've heard this from enough people now, you know, sort of the, the Alex hey, you've interviewed of the so many yeah, of these people exactly. on your reality of reality podcast. That's right. And then of course, you know, knocking off, off camera and off mic, you, you hear it. And, and really there's the story is the same. Is not scripted. They obviously sit down. They talk about what the storylines are going to be for the season, or it's not even storylines. More like, what do you have going on in your life? Well, Dewey, let's say it's Salt Lake. You know, Dewey keeps bothering me. Keeps getting on top of me, trying to make that kid. <laughs> I keep telling him get off me. And so, you know, they're like, yes, you know. So then it's probably in those. And again, I'm guessing. I haven't worked in these, but it's probably like, all right. So in your alone scenes. Since that's a big thing going on, we want you to talk about that. But that's it. They're not telling them what direction to take. They're not, you know, there's sort of certain guidance that's going on, but these women are the ones generating these storylines themselves. So that obviously is how far it's going in their actual relationship. Who knows? But there's some kernel there or they wouldn't be able to run with it is my theory. I just wonder the self-producing is one thing, but like mm. I would figure also with these shows, you'd have then somebody sit you down and like, we're noticing you're self-producing. We need you to stop. The sister wives thing was a little bit too far yeah. because we don't <laughs> believe it. And that's why I'm like, either way it's upsetting. But in this day and age, I'm so, I think getting into this as far as I have now, I'm so yeah. paranoid watching any of these things of what's real, what's not, when is something getting pulled over on us? And I was talking about this on Vanderpump rules is that I hate uh, those connective tissue scenes, those scenes where it's like, Lisa, I'm going to tell you how it went the other night. Huh? And she's like, Oh, what, what if uh, Max still hates you, James, you've got to have a scene. Like it's that connective tissue BS that, you know, they're like, we need this filler scene to connect us to the next scene and the episode two episodes from now. And I hate that. I feel like the audience is so sophisticated that we see right through it, you know? Which is just a classic. I mean, just from the inside, that's like a classic network note of like, we need an explanation of what just <laughs> happened. And that last scene's like, no, people know what the hell is going on. We don't need to spoon feed it to you. And then the funny thing is that now it's evolved in most shows, not, not BPR, but in a lot of shows past that. And then people are like, wait, I'm confused. What's going on? Like, well, I guess maybe we do have to spoon feed it to them because they have no idea what's happening. That's an amazing thing that you just said too, because it is those things. It's like every time I say sophisticated audiences, I do have to then make room for, and there's still a lot of idiots that watch as well. So it's a, this weird spot of these shows are for brilliant people and they can also be for really dumb people. It works for both ways. Well, and I also think there's this weird thing where we're so spoon fed the connective fish tissue over the years that our Pavlovian response is to know it's going to be there. So if it's not, we're like, wait, wait, what? You know, so so it almost might it's like a it's like a circular loop, like he's on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, by the, and that was the frustrating John thing about Wayne. the reunion of like uh, she's talking about the reunion when Erica was like Tom Girardi's on a loop, you guys. And that was really like I was like, Kyle, what did your friend say? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle was, was like, oh, yeah, that was crazy. Weird. I mean, 
what the, it was so, talk about self-producing. I mean, these people went in with like a PowerPoint on how they were going to do that reunion. It's, it was, it, that was probably worse than most in terms of sort of like the pre-planning. I mean, Erica, I, I think you said it on your recap, like she was, I, I personally, I think she's brilliant. In my opinion, I think to be that quick, I mean, she barely stammers on a thing. And she, my friend, it was like answering Jeopardy questions. Yes. Like, it was like, yes, go, go, go. And then every time I couldn't like, do she it, was, she was like, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> you know, hold on, Annie, hold on. Cause you, I mean, that was very coached. I mean, she did better at this than she did all season long. Agree. Uh, uh, but I do want to. That's hard. That's out. not easy to do, by the way. Right. Like when it's I got not easy co- to do, but I did speech and debate. You can be trained. Well, okay. that. I'm not good at I We went on Dr. Phil last week and I'm very good like this talking off the cuff. But then my publicist gave me a talk. I hope they don't listen to this. They gave me talking points um, of stuff to talk about. And it messed me up so bad. So I started like rehearsing it with them before. And I was so tripped up. I was like, I literally tore them up and I'm like, you know what? I just need to go freestyle. I can't be coached because you did a freestyle rap on Dr. Phil. I did. He was, he loved it. He loved it. (laughs) Blindsided us with something with the story is amazing. It turned out, but they kind of like Dr. Phil does. They're like, we caught up with in this, this new wrinkle in the story that we didn't even know about. That was like going on hours before recording. So we were like genuinely shocked going like, oh my God. And it was just why the whole, Wait, are you, do you have to do a wild. whole new episode now? Just based on yeah. the Dr. Philip. Well, no, honestly. Yes. And the question is like, is this going to be part of a season two or are we going to do bonus episodes? We need to figure it all out because beyond the Dr. Phil stuff, some insane stuff that I can't talk about yet has happened. Like life-changing stuff wow. has happened to subjects in the story it's, it's so crazy. The legs and, and by the way, like amazing good stuff that's happened because yeah. of this as well. So it should be interesting to see, but yeah, Dr. Phil is a legend. Yeah. I was grateful. I, I don't know when this is dropping, but we're going to be on, on, um, November 9th, uh, sorry, November 5th, Friday, November 5th, set your DVRs. If this oh, sweet. So guys, that, that will be, that will be this week when it is, it, it's, this will be perfect. out. So yeah, that this is perfect. Um, I actually will be watching that. Um, Speaking of The Way Down, though, which I found fascinating, the HBO documentary, which I've mentioned a couple of times on this show, uh, it's very, to me, it's, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about is that now, even when I watch documentaries, I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good housewife season. This is pretty good. Like, you know, because I I consider it now uh, anything that is like religious based because of Salt Lake or involving scams because of Beverly Hills. I thought, wow, this is a nice little you know, smaller, smaller season of a housewife show, but these are like well-produced documentaries. And it's just like another way of like how it's all blending into one. Absolutely. There's so much crossover between true crime. I mean, you just, your podcast, Kate Casey's, you know, toggles between like, I know you have the Lula Rich directors, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and Kate did as well. I mean, I just think that you you're finding, um, you're finding that audience. I mean, they're just, they tend to like great stories and they like kind of some of that darkness and some of that larger than life, stranger than fiction. So yeah, that's an amazing synergy between those two genres. Um, You mentioned working at MTV during a period of time and uh, in unscripted. And I really, I mean, 
So I, I, I gotta ask, I mean, was this during like Room Raiders? Is this during the next bus? Like what, I mean, was this real world? Like what were your hands in? Because to me, I, I, I'm no joke. Like to me, MDB and VH1 still are not credited nearly as much for the evolution of reality shows. Like there's no joke in there at all. Like these were reality shows and their IP, like they have such amazing IP that they, I do not know who, who, who in ridiculousness has something on everybody that runs MTV that that's all that is 24 seven now, but what era were you in? So the early two thousands, and to be fair, I only did two shows um, for MTV that were in the news and docs department. So nobody probably saw them, but cause that just was not the, the iconic ones you're talking about, but I also grew up with MTV. So it was just exciting to be at 1515 um, kind of in the heart of it all. But, but we had a, you know, a VH1 where I was longer and I kind of built my chops over there, you know, we had a lot of, obviously under the same umbrella and we had a lot of synergy with MTV as well. And that was back. It was really interesting to see the Britney stuff. And, and, and I was very caught up in that story. Um, Tried to sell a podcast series before everything came out about the guardianship. That's a whole other story, but, um, but, you know, we were, I did a, I did a doc for VH1 called sex sales, which was all about how, women, young women were using their bodies. Cause this was just when Brittany was doing hit me baby one more time, Christina Aguilera, genie in a bottle. I went down to Disney, get this to interview Jessica Simpson and Beyonce with destiny's child, who was like 18 or 19 at oh the time. Gosh. Yeah. And I remember, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the floor while she was getting her makeup done and I was interviewing. I, I don't know why we were doing the interview that way, but anyway, and she said, I think she was just getting ready for the show. And, and, uh, and I asked her all the questions about being provocative and the skimpy outfits. And I'll never forget. She said, well, you have to give a man a little something to look at. Right. And it was like, even at the time it really like gutted me. And I was like, wow, this is like how, cause she was a kid. Was like, this is how she's being kind of programmed. Um, and by the way, the funny thing with Jessica Simpson was that Ashley was popping up like a little jumping bean, like trying to get into the camera. Like she was so clearly <laughs> wanted to be famous and just didn't really care. Um, who is, she was, she was lovely. And, and so was Beyonce. But anyway, all this is to say I was there in sort of that era where, uh, NSYNC Backstreet Boys, you know, the boy bands yeah. and, and, and it was, it was a weird time. It was also like Limp Biscuit and Mark McGrath. Yeah, I was watching that. that Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO Max. And it was like this weird, I talk a little bit of that way with Dave Holmes, which I, I think has already aired by this point. And, and that that boy band slash new metal rap rock kind of thing where yep. like Addy and TRL was like the ground base yep. of both of those things. But it was a really exciting time that a lot of my listeners and myself kind of grew up with. That was like very normal. But what a weird time when you look back. I went up to Woodstock because I was in news and docs at VH1 and I went up to Woodstock after the whole debacle and I interviewed that main guy. And it was so, it was like two days after it happened. It was like, you know, it was, uh, it was our sort of like, I don't know what's like a, you know, in the music. Vietnam. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of honestly looked like Vietnam. I mean, it was, there was still, it was still a mess. Like I drove up there from New York, from the city and it was still like, they hadn't even cleaned up. And I was like, this place looks like a bomb shelter. It was so weird. It was such a debacle. Oh, it was, it was that generation's fire fest. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Uh, just not worse food. Um, so, um, <laughs> right. your actual personal evolution, what got you into doing this in the first place? What about it that, that you wanted to, uh, start in this, uh, to begin with? Well, I always thought I was going to be a journalist. Like I was editor of the school paper and then I went to Northwestern for broadcast journalism. 
Um, and so back in the day, like we're talking the nineties at this point, the only path that I like the, the path was to kind of graduate from local news into 60 minutes or 48 hours and work on a news magazine show. That was like the brass ring. There was no, like, then I'm going to go work for VH1 or then I'm going to go work for 51 minds or evolution. You know, like that yeah. didn't exist. Was, yeah. We didn't exist. It didn't exist. And I wouldn't have thought of like documentary film, you know, I was such a huge Oprah fan. So for me, sort of like anything that could embody sort of like fun journalism would be really cool. But I did eventually get to the point with CBS where I worked on um, Brian Gumbel's news magazine show, which was short lived. Um, And then I sort of had this crazy like midlife crisis at 28 where I was like, I'm young, I'm single, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia. And I went for five months and I just kind of like left life in New York City and tried to figure out like, it was my Ypre love before that existed. <laughs> and then I came back and all of a sudden there were just more opportunities. Like I, like I had been at embarrassingly at Fox news channel. And then my boss from there had gone to VH one and then called me up and said, do you want to come here? It's like, but it's news and docs. So it was like kind of building on all the stuff I had learned in the, in the trenches and news, but it became fun. And that's sort of how all that kicked off. And then I sort of just went with the direction of the business with unscripted um, to the production company side. And, but at and my was heart, that always I, that, that was that always fascinating to you or was that where yeah. the, the, you know, that where that's where the work was. Always fascinating. I always wanted to do, even when I was in local news, I would always kind of carve out with my bosses. Cause I was producing, you know, live newscasts. It was ulcer inducing. And I always, my thing was always, let me do long form series. I always wanted to do long form. I'm putting in quotes. Cause that was really documentary before I even really knew what documentary was. And even in my twenties, I tried to do a documentary with my sister that didn't take off, but I'd always had documentaries and long form as kind of my passion. And, you know, I, I, I would, I wouldn't go back to local news. If you paid me a million dollars, it's just too stressful. And I don't like how exploitive it is, but that gave me incredible building blocks to do the long form. I mean, I'm a really good writer. There's very few people in our business who know how to write. I learned all of that from, you know, local news, just quick, direct, short sentences. Tell me what you mean. Stop with the flowery shit you learned in college. Just communicate it. Like I'm a fourth grader. And so that has served me well in my career, but then sort of learning how to tell a longer, deeper dive story, you know, you acquire those skills. I don't think that you have to be born with them quite honestly. I mean, I, I think that is such a, and I know this isn't an inspirational podcast, you guys, but I will say what I've learned and I wish I had learned earlier in my life is that, you know, you can learn like these things, you know, there's a natural talent that some people have, but you, if you work hard enough, you are supposed to learn these things. You're not supposed to be fully formed yet. You know, I'm uh, in my early twenties and I'm just getting into this in <laughs> exactly. terms of podcasting, but it is one of those things is that like, you don't, don't get down, you know, like there's a place for everybody. If you're a hard worker, you know, you're Listen, a hard worker. I'll go even one step further for your audience. And I hope that this does help people. I'm 52. I just turned 52 last week. I made my first documentary, which was my lifelong dream at 48. And I just pivoted my company in my fifties to be, to do this new chapter. So, and it seems you like can, it's working, but it seems like this new chapter it's working. I, well, from so the I've outside, hit my career peak. Yes. I mean, I mean not to brag about it, but yes, yeah. the, the highest point in my career is right now. 
and I'm 52. So does that blow you away? Not the yeah. age, but I yeah. mean, to blow you away. No, that, it does. Like, this, I mean, that's what I always crack up about. It's like, man, I've been acting and doing all this all my life. And then all of a sudden, like, and I always love these shows, always love these yeah. shows. Didn't know why straight through the love. The, I didn't know why. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is why probably I get to do a podcast. Like, it yeah, all leads. but there's a similarity, I think, between us in this way, because I've been listening to your podcast for a few years is that you just kept doing the work. And then, and then people found you and then I heart found like you, you didn't like go out and go like, hire me, hire me, make me faint. You just kept doing it and you stuck to it. And that's my advice too. It's just like, be don't insane. be crazy. Yeah, like, honestly, because I, if I had gone into this going, like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a podcast business and I'm going to design them so that they can be exploited inside. I don't think any of it would have worked out. I think I just found these stories. I had the opportunity. I went for it. I did the work I put my head down. And I think that's what you have to do. It's like so many people, like you see these stupid influencers and everybody getting famous overnight on Instagram and TikTok, and they're not doing the work. And that's like my cranky old woman, you know, call me a Karen or whatever, but it drives me insane because they all think there are shortcuts and like, I'm sorry, I don't, unless you're like you said, unless you have innate God given talent, like a Justin Bieber who was discovered on the internet, but he was insanely talented. You got to do the or work. Or a Kathy Hilton, you know, I mean, just, <laughs> I just like Justin Bieber. You, I mean, you do, so that, but there's, a, there's almost so something comforting in it if you are a hard worker, cause you're like, okay. But like, you know, I think I found a hard worker later in life. You know, I don't like, I, I wish I had bit, but like, it just wouldn't have been natural anyways, but it is one of yeah. those things. It's funny. It's open. Oh, it almost makes you feel good of like, okay, at least it does. If you do work hard, if you do put the time in it, things, good things happen, you know? Yeah. Not to be too woo woo about it, but I do think there's like a universe at work kind of feeling about it. Like I would mention before when I um, ended up in Philadelphia, that happened, like that was a sliding doors moment that if I had like canceled that interview that I had had, you know, whatever it was 20 years ago, I, I was this close to canceling it. Cause I was like, why am Philly? I'm a New York girl. Like, why would I live here? I wouldn't have my daughter. I wouldn't be in LA. Like I, you know, my life would be completely different. So I think it's like, there are certain moments that you have to listen to like that, you know, and they don't happen for me. At least they don't happen a lot. <laughs> I mostly just do the work, but yeah. sometimes <laughs> you just have to like listen or pay attention <laughs> to the moments because and then as you get older, at least for me, like my gut is so much more important. Like the amount of times I've ignored my gut and been miserable, like you just realize, like, just go with your gut, but also do the work. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm just going to hold a, a sign around me at all times looking for a sliding door <laughs> moment. Um, as we get back into these shows, these reality shows that we love, what are you currently watching or what have you watched in the last year that's blown you away? I'm assuming, or we know you're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Salt Lake. What else are you watching and consuming? Oh my gosh. So on my podcast, I used to every week start with what I'm watching, what I recommended. And, and, and I miss doing that because it would let me get it out into the world, but there well, are get it out right here. I know. Should I wish I put my list together, but off the top of my head, I mean, I'm so script unscripted only. No, all of it. Okay. So I'm watching you on Netflix, of course. Um, <laughs> are you watching? You know, no. I, I, you know yeah. what? I watched the first season. I like it. Silly. You know, it's silly. It, yeah, it's silly. Like, yeah, it's fine. Okay. But wait, I just saw something amazing that blew me away. Oh, I loved it. Nuclear family on HBO. I heard you know, about this. Yeah. yeah I heard what, so what is this good. exactly? It's, it's amazing. I believe it's a three-part documentary about a, a woman who had two moms back before people had two moms. I don't want to spoil it, but sort of what ended up happening with the sperm donor. Let's just say that incredible well-crafted story. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. um, that was, that was incredible. 
Um, oh my God, like literally a million things off the top of my head. I mean, are I you a succession? Up. Do you ever mess oh, with yeah. the bachelor? Do you ever I don't mess with the bachelor, but I mean Mark. once in a while succession. I'm looking at my Sunday night DVR because I was so <laughs> okay. So succession, best show on television. Yeah. 60 minutes, of course. Yep. Which I'm backed up on that. Insecure. I love it. I I binged all four seasons in the pandemic of insecure. So I was like living in the insecure world and I love it so much. It's amazing when you discover a show and you catch up to the rhythm of that show. Like I love that. It's like reading a good book when the moment the book actually turns into a joy for you to read. Those moments are precious, you know? A hundred percent. Speaking of which, I just read um, Anthony Bourdain book, the, um, Oh, the, the oral history. Yeah. The, from the guy that he worked with. So it was a woman and it's an oral history. So it's sort of like a documentary in a book, like the Real Housewives book, which I enjoy. I, I recommend that, even though it's so sad. Uh, Curb, which we talked about. Potomac, yep. John Oliver, Salt Lake City. Watch what happens. I usually try to catch Andy, but that's only my Sunday night. I consume an incredible amount of content it's embarrassing at times quite honestly i know, oh, isn't I know. It, wait did you yeah. wait uh, does, does your daughter or your family are any of them like well, stop watching tv mom yeah well my husband's like why would so i was watching this is i have like literally you guys I, have I'm shows you watch together you and your husband yeah we co so he was he i'm very it's it's becoming smaller and smaller i, w- I was watching what was i watching the other and he watched succession with me but i was watching an incredible documentary. Oh, it was called Buried on Showtime. Oh my God. Rabia just talked about that today, said it was, it was really great. Holy shit. Yeah. So I don't realize when I'm in it, how dark it is <laughs> to me. So I'm explaining it to him and I'm like, yeah. So it's like about this woman and she saw this girl be murdered, but it's about <laughs> repressed memories and her, her dad's on trial for the murder. And he probably did other murder. And he's like, what the fuck? Why would you want to watch that? It's so dark. I was like, it is like I oh. to me, I'm like, this seems like the great entertainment. I, I don't think of it as dark. It's well, during the the, the 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 first part of the pandemic, I don't know how we're delineating parts, but I remember oh, it was like very Tiger King reference. It was, no, no, it was very cult heavy <laughs> in the sense of the vow oh, yeah. and all the Keith Ranieri stuff. But then I remember oh, yeah. Heaven's Gate uh, <laughs> being on the heels of that, the Heaven's Gate HBO Max documentary about that cult. And I remember I said, what a weird time that we live in, where I was like, you know what, I don't like this cult enough. It's not culty. <laughs> yeah, like totally. they could have been, they could have done this better. And then I was judgmental about the cultiness. <laughs> of the documentary itself. And I was like, what a weird time that we live in. A hundred percent. I mean, look, frankly, after Wild Wild West, it was hard to even sell anything. Oh my culty. God, I forgot about that. Too right. That, that kind of, that's sort of the brass ring of the cult docs, but the way down was excellent. Um, the vow was <laughs> wild. And by the way, Ryan, I'm so fucked up that like, not only did I watch all 50 episodes of the vow, I watched the stars series. I did too. On- Loved it. <laughs> by you? the way, I almost loved parts. It was of better. This, the, the, yes, exactly. It was better. I, I was like, yeah. this is, they told me information that I did not know uh, about. Exactly. You no. Know? And I was like, this, where was this information? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how sick I am. I bought a cameo <laughs> from uh, what's Skip, what's Skippy and what's his name? What was that guy's name? And his wait. Oh Who's my God. Skippy? What's his Stop. name? Stop. Wait. The guy's name? Yeah. What is the tall guy with the blonde Good looking dude wife. with the wife yeah. that got, um, oh my that, God. you know, and then I was like, oh, oh, oh that- <laughs> yes. I was um, like, he has a very waspy nickname. Oh my yeah, God. it was like Sarah weird. Edmondson. Yes, that's it. And, and his Snippy? wife. And it was like Sarah. Sarah Edmondson. Nippy, Nippy. Nippy. Skippy, Nippy. Skippy. Nippy is. Nippy. I was like, I. <laughs> 
but see, that's another way. That's another trope now of not reality shows, but reality show fans of exactly. they, they're like PK was good for two episodes in a row. I want to screw that guy. I want to have sex with him. Like that's the other thing I noticed all ladies. No, all I won't. I was still not. Uh, by the way, I've come around on PK. I still would. Ne- he's revolting. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's but he that scene when they're laughing at dinner. You know, I rarely like laugh. I love Potomac, so I laugh a lot at Potomac. But with Beverly Hills, it's not laugh out loud. I was crying laughing. Oh, we were all because she's talking about the scene. You guys is like, I broke his ankle. No, don't don't work on the brain. Work on the ankle. And Mauricio was high and Kyle and Dorit. And but by the way, that to me is why this season is a magical season. Is not yeah. only did you have these Erica Jane moments, but you had all of this other. It breathed it, it breathed new life into this series because then it made you appreciate other people journeys like Garcelle's journey like I mean or even what was your thoughts on Kathy Hilton coming in because before the season I always talk about everybody was like we don't need her stay out Kathy and what did you think she brought to it I mean she was great I think it's you know I can't I sort of have this thing because I have to admit I have not read the book House of Hilton but I've listened to a lot of podcasts I, I keep wanting to get it yeah like it's right like, yeah so big Kathy not a good person so sort of like all of the emotion. I mean, I know it's their mom. I get it, but like, it kind of feels icky and it makes me like suspicious of the fact that they love their mom so much and they miss her mom so much. Like, Ooh, like that's the woman. But that, see, like, that's that's to me. My theory. It's it's that she's this eight year old girl. Like there's yes, like arrested theory. development with that. Kathy, where it's like even you see on the couch how quickly Kathy can cry over their mom, who is a very uh, not tragic figure, but there is a very uh, controversial figure in some of her life choices. Which I, I've you know am very curious to read House of Hilton as well. But by the way, I try to buy that thing. It's like eighty dollars <laughs> for a no. used cop. Oh yeah, you. I try to get wow. one. Inside. Wow. reprint in paperback oh, wow. i keep um they were uh, they kiboshed they, they they like took everything off the market oh god could you imagine trying to get kathy to sign one of those um no. <laughs> yeah but but i know but even that i thought she added this great spice to it where i don't know if she could ever be a i think next year she is going to be a main housewife no i don't, you don't think I don't so think, well my my inside you, sources you know okay. say she's perfect as a friend and that's the way it will stay I, I agree. And I'm really, uh, if I'm, I'm really wrong, don't, hear, don't at me, as they say, <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that by the way. Yeah. Uh, do you mess around with Vanderpump rules or winter? I don't, I tried, I got it winter. Yes. Both winter and summer, all seasons of the house. I can't do Vanderpump. I've tried. I'm like, I, I can't do it, I but you can do, do winter it. and summer house. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did you think me- of winter house? The, 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 the first episode. I just, I don't understand. I've said this on many podcasts. I, I have to really, look in the mirror and what is wrong with my, like, I don't, I and mean, if you asked me to explain that show to you, summer house slash winter house, I couldn't, I couldn't like the housewives. I could give you a discourse on why it's a good show. I can, and I hate, like, I never did a share house. Like I almost did, like, I'm not a partier. Like, you know, I have fun, but like all of it, you know, way past the hooking up with random guys phase. I fucking love summer house and I'm in on winter house. Uh, I, I mean, it. I'm the same way. I, love I, it. I think there's these magical. And I think it's like, <laughs> it's this reprieve we get from these housewives of like, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're just watching people destroy their livers, but like they're younger than us in some ways. So it's like, cool. They can handle it. But the, the, you know, wild. I like watching Kyle P in the winter or the summer on, <laughs> yeah. on things. He's and I a like, great character for reality TV. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, He's great. He's a great spent, lover. Him or hate him. He's amazing. 
the entire first episode, of course, you guys know, is just kind of like the overart, like the big plot line is them fighting over rooms. And it just, it, it warmed my heart because <laughs> it was my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the beginning of each season of the real world was like fighting over rooms. And then, you know, you got that, of course, in Housewives when they'd go on a cast trip. Right. And you still do that. That's such a big thing. And that's all it takes for me. Like, I don't need, <laughs> I know, me too. I, and me I get too. scared. You get scared with the Erica Girardi storyline or the Jen Shaw, what we're about to see is that. It's almost going to train us to expect these big moments yeah. when all I need is fighting over rooms. Well, that was the thing with New York. Like New York was previously my favorite franchise. Um, and I always said, I, I just was so funny. I didn't need a storyline. So that's why it kind of bummed me out this season with the race stuff, like not to wade into those waters, but it's like, we don't need it. Like New York, just be stupid and drunk. That's all we need from New York. I wonder where that will go. But back to... Um, Oh shit! I lost my train of thought. Winter. Oh, Kate. I want to say something about Winterhouse. Kate yeah. Casey made uh, put out a funny tweet that says something like, "If we find out that Andrea is Andrew from New Jersey, I will not be surprised." I'm like, that is so true. <laughs> oh no! I talked to An- Andrea uh, like last <laughs> oh, week. Did? I think he was on is the show. Is he really Italian? Oh, he was so. I mean, he was so Italian that it was like, "Are you Italian?" Because he was so <laughs> Italian. There's like, ah, and I'm all like, because oh this was before God. the show aired and I didn't get an advanced screen. So all I could ask him was like, what's it like to have abs? Like, what is that? Is that cool? Like, stop, stop. <laughs> no. oh <my> God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paige was cracking me up. She was so was literally slobbering I like over him. Without, I like seeing Paige without Hannah. I got to say. If I never, I, I kind of, I got to tell you, I'm almost Lisa Rinna level on Hannah. Like if I ever, if I never see that woman on any screen, I unfollowed her on social media. She's very triggering to me. You know what it is though? And I don't know, but I get scared that it, it might be, I got to like take into account that I'm a dude like, but like, cause I'm not, (laughs) well, no, because maybe I'm not judging men as harshly as I am women. And I have to always be really clear about like, that I always think, you know, men are already at a disadvantage because they're lying assholes, you know, like, of (laughs) course, but the Hannah thing, I was a huge Hannah fan, but then when I saw just how she behaved in this season of what, I mean, just to me, the the, the lies, yeah, the lies and the deception and the manipulation, but then a lot of people made points like, well, you know, I'm like, yeah, Luke's a fuck boy, but Luke did not have the brain power to try to (laughs) manipulate and destroy the way Hannah was trying to of like scorched earth policy. And she thought her fame and her humor was going to push her past the finish line and destroy Luke. And for me to find out little things like she was dating that dude all along and she had already been talking to him. Totally. To me, then I was like, well, you're using your femininity to then try to get us to sympathize with you. But you also then it's like that smart and stupid at the same time thing. Like you say with Erica Jane, is that like, which is it? Because then now to me, that is you're directing your own scenes. You're you're self-producing in this way because you think you know how the camera is going to perceive. Yes, 100 percent. Once that Scooby-Doo came into the picture, whatever his name is, the Irish dude, I was like, I am out. You two are gross. Everything about me, like them fucking all over the house, like everything about yeah, the way, made I, me I, nauseous. The way I was like, good for yes, you guys. Yes. I hope every, but it's like, you know, if I ever have sex again, I'm not going to be like, look at me, everybody. Look at me. Like, yeah, I'm he's like, so yes. thirsty too. Their thirstiness together was, that was, the, that was the nail in the coffin. Blech. Well, that's the only other thing when, you know, due to all the the firing or not firings, but like people not getting their contracts picked up. Sometimes you're like, well, that's when you almost wish there was GoPro secretly attached to them because you would (laughs) want to see what it's like the loss of a job, like the loss of having to eventually either, you know, let it um, uh, not humiliate, let it um, 
what uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where marinate? Well, let no, but just let it. Um, you know, take you down a notch and we get to see that. Or oh, maybe, like, schadenfreude. schadenfreude. Well, it also provide like you get to like see like them have yeah. a little bit of humility or maybe realize, you know, maybe it was a little too intense. So yeah, um, that happened with Dorinda for sure. I think she was humbled by it, by getting the boot. I so think we're, be, yeah, we're wrapping up here. Are you going to watch ultimate girls trip on Peacock November 18th? Obviously. Yeah. I'm, are you <laughs> am excited I, about am I alive? these mashups? Well, as, as somebody that loves reality shows and all that, do you approve of these starting to mash up like Winter House, Summer House? The Ultimate Absolutely. Bring yeah. it on. Don't overdo it. You know, don't don't cannibalize yourself, as we say. But but bring it on. Like, let's 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 branch out a bit. Let's see where it goes. I'm open. Okay. Well, that's as long as she's open, I'm open to you guys. So, uh, Eliza Rosen, this has been amazing. I knew we would get along like a cat on a hot tin roof. We already have, but it was great to have you on this show. Finally, remember you guys, queen of the con is the new program out now on iHeartRadio and all major podcasting platforms. Uh, what we always ask everybody to do is go subscribe, go rate it five stars. These things really do help. It might sound silly, but it does. Um, and, and go support and also go check out our other work because those stories really are fascinating. And I believe you can still find, can you find the reality of reality on platforms anymore? Yes. You you took it still, I'm still okay. getting downloads. Very well, because, strangely, <laughs> you know, if you really want to know how sometimes the sausage is made, that shows yeah. a great place to start um, with, you know, just go look at the guests she's had on and see what each one has done. And you'll kind of find one or two that you're definitely going to want to listen to. I can guarantee you that uh, anything else that we need to know. Um. We are launching a new podcast uh, in December called on also on iHeart called The Real Killer. And so look for um, promos and stuff. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Reality Aliza, A-L-I-Z-A, and also on Twitter, which I'm not as active on. Um, I just am more active on looking at it than tweeting on it. But, um, <laughs> That's probably reality the smart way to real. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Twitter's a dumpster fire, yeah, but I love it. I can't help it. Um, thank you so much for having no, me on. This, this is, is great. such a you, pleasure. I hope you'll come on many times in the future before I retire and listen to my podcast with tears <laughs> and, streaming down. And my weep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Elisa. Thank you. Betches.